Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bingetown TV. This is Brian here with Paul and Dave. And today we have episode five of season two of the Disney Plus series, The Mandalorian. This episode is going to be chapter 13 entitled The Jedi. And I would say that the episode was appropriately named because we have our first ever Jedi sighting in the show. Let's go. Ahsoka Tano makes her grand triumphant appearance. Just go right into it, honestly, at this point in time. But... (laughs) But real quick, 10 out of 10 episode. Like, this is the best. Not even going to wait till the end to let him know. Yeah, yeah it, even, it was an awesome, awesome this, episode. I had to tell him right now. Like, this was the best episode. I'm so hyped to talk about it right now. So let's You two don't even know who Ahsoka Tano is in your hype. Paul, first yeah. takes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right off the bat, she's just so badass. And it's consistently more badass as the episode goes yeah. on. It was sweet introduction. And... Mm-hmm. I hope we get a consistent amount more of her, but I don't know. We'll see. But incredible episode on its own. Let me ask you this. Does this episode make you more or less likely to go back and watch the Clone Wars animated series, of which Ahsoka Tano was a main character? Definitely more. Definitely, Definitely more. Yeah, I was I was going through the subreddit of the Mandalorian, and Dude. everybody was just saying like, start tagging your posts from the Clone Wars with spoilers. There's going to be so many people trying to go back and watch the Clone Wars just because of this episode. I I completely agree with you. Just because like the amount of times they referenced the Clone Wars itself mm-hmm. in the episode was just like that's when I got into you know the Wikipedia. I got into that fucking rabbit hole of you know yeah a little bit of every, what was going on in the Clone Wars, but just. It makes me want to watch it for sure, without a doubt. Like Ahsoka Tano was just amazing, and her character was awesome. I was a little worried about how they were going to work her appearance going from like the cartoon to real life, but I mean, it, I thought it was fine. At first, I'm not, I'm not going to lie though. <laughs> At first, like she seemed more cartoony than anything else we've seen so far in the <laughs> Star Wars universe, but like. I- I kind of got used to it and eventually I was like, okay, she does look really well done. Like at first, like she, I don't know if it's cause it was her, like it was like a barren, like dry wasteland. So it was kind of yeah. like, a, so she stood out a lot. Maybe yeah. her colors stood out a lot, but I don't know. More cartoony than squid. Let's hear your thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> then squid head. Yeah. As, as a lover of the character from the animated series, I thought that she looked great in live action. They did a really, really, really good job. And if she looked a little cartoony, which I agree with you. She did. I think it might have been intentional to make her stick out. And yeah. I think Paul said, go ahead. Brings, and I think the wasteland, like the how the color scheme of everything worked in that favor, you know, like it was just like yeah. kind of like a grayish back scene the whole time. Yeah, it was a forest planet of Corvus, but the forest was completely charred, scorched mm-hmm. earth style. So it was, you're right. It was kind of the the contrast of of this wasteland to Ahsoka's bright orange colors. Mm-hmm. Though I digress, are we ready to get into it? Of course, always. Let's do it. So we do not have a normal cold opening scene. Usually it's something lighthearted with Baby Yoda and Mando <laughs> getting into some trouble, but we start off hot i texted hot, our friend hot. before he watched the episode before me do we do we see ahsoka this episode like what's up he said oh yeah dude don't worry we get to see her and we see her from the the opening scene we have bells ringing in the city of kaladin which is on corvus and there's blaster fire raining throughout the forest as we cut to ahsoka tano just taking out <laughs> one by one picking picking these poor magistrates men out i guess they're mercenaries picking them off like flies they they don't stand a chance the one that sticks out to me is she slices one 
with both of her dual swords yeah. through a tree, like cuts the tree into portions and then uses mm-hmm. the force to push a log at another dude. It was just an awesome maneuver. <laughs> and right from the get go, I'm like, okay, they're making Jedi's badass in this, in this live action series. This is, this is a great appearance for Ahsoka Tano. This was yeah. without a doubt, the best fight scene in in mandalorian we've had so far like not like nothing had come close to this her rampaging just on these poor i don't even know what they were mercenaries i've been referring referring to them as mercenaries so paul thoughts two things (laughs) um one the mercenaries i can only imagine how they felt when there was like three of them that were told (laughs) to just go forward and to like capture her like that just forward into the fog that's just like the worst nightmare. Um, yeah, that, obviously, but, they were dead. I was gonna say, I really liked how she kept using the fog too to like disappear and reappear. Yeah. Like that was just so badass. And then, all she uh, has to do is turn off and on the blades to make herself yeah. known. Yeah. And I then, um, what uh, something else about that scene? It kind of made me remind. It reminded me of something they haven't used since like the Phantom Menace, which is like the Force Dash when they just like. Okay speeded from one spot to another they like never really alluded to it in the series besides that one moment but this it seemed like she was doing it all the time and it really showed off like the jedi's silent mobility because it's in the uh, i think it's in the video game too like some of the video is always a move in the video game that's like an op (laughs) move it just makes so much sense to have it in (laughs) yeah and then they did it episode one uh well it was obi-wan and qui-gon jinn when like the droidicas were coming in in the hallway they like kind of force stash down the hallway, okay. disappear, and then we just never saw it again. I haven't so. seen Phantom Menace in a hot minute. It's worth a rewatch. We should trill it up after after the Mandalorian. Yeah, after the Mandalorian, so, we should do like yeah, some kind of like yeah. podcast on the movies. Mm-hmm. But yeah, go ahead. But Ahsoka cuts her way to the main gates of this city of Kaladin, and she has a confrontation with the magistrate and a couple of her cronies are are standing at the top of the battlements on top of the main gate. And we find out the magistrate's name is Morgan Elsbeth. We find that later. But they kind of have this exchange wherein Ahsoka is demanding for some information, but the magistrate is staying tight-lipped, says you won't get any information from me. And how how many of these these peaceful villagers must suffer? One, ten, one hundred? And they essentially... The magistrate offers Ahsoka the villagers' safety for peace. If Ahsoka just leaves them alone, she'll promise that the the villagers won't be suffering anymore, to which Ahsoka responds that they are already suffering under her, her rule anyway. Ahsoka gives the magistrate one day to surrender or face the consequences consequences, excuse me, of her action. She then walks back into the forest. And we don't have the full picture yet, but we can tell this magistrate is no good. She is clearly torturing villagers in this poor city of Kaladin. And Ahsoka Tano, we know, is a good guy. She's probably trying to liberate them in some way. But Ahsoka wants information from the magistrate first, which we do not know at this moment in the episode. Yeah, not much to comment on other than like I was just interested in who like you know the magistrate was. Didn't mm-hmm. know if she was referenced in like any of the other movies or like you know not movies but you know clone wars and rebels but we i guess she is kind of directly tied to it she's not maybe in it but she's directly tied to it as we'll come to learn later but the only question at that point was you know who is this woman to tie into that you were talking about it earlier uh we were told by bo-katan that this was the forest planet of corvus 
and we get to this town where all these trees are just completely scorched, like the barren wasteland you were talking about. So right off the bat, I thought this this woman, this magistrate, took over mm-hmm. this town and then is doing something, using it for its resources. And it's yeah. just destroying the earth. I um, was really excited to see a planet like Endor with like these spectacular forests all over. But no, this this magistrate had to just ruin the planet. So I have the question for you, too. What did you think of the White Sabres, by the way? Because they are front and center from the get-go. Did you guys do any research into that? Hot. They're hot boys. No, I actually haven't done oh, yeah. any research. If you have any history or lore to them, that'd be interesting. So I do. So yeah. I, I did ask a buddy, um, our mutual buddy, uh, about what they meant. And he told me, and I was like, that's just so much cooler. <laughs> so back in the day, for our listeners who don't know, Ahsoka faked her own death in order to hide from the Galactic Empire. And that included just to go along with that and make it convincing, she had her her dual green sabers from back in the day buried with her. So in the subsequent years, while she was in hiding, kind of in exile, trying to avoid the Empire, she was working as a rebel smuggler, but she was located by one of the Inquisitors, who was known as the Sixth Brother. And Inquisitors were Force-sensitive people that were hired as mercenaries by Darth Vader and Palpatine to just seek out any remaining Jedi after Order 66. So the Sixth Brother locates her when she's trying to hide from the Empire. And she's like, okay, well, I don't have any any lightsabers, so I'm going to go to the cave on Ilum where Jedi go to get their kyber crystals. That's like a, an ancient thing. They go to this planet. It's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. But the Empire was already there, so she was like, shit, I'm shit out of luck here. What am I going to do? So she confronts the sixth brother Inquisitor without a weapon and essentially beats him only using the Force and like overloads his lightsaber, making it explode. The sixth brother dies, and she just collects his two kyber crystals and the reason that the sith have red sabers is because they they pour like a lot of dark energy like fear anger into kyber crystals and it's 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 a process known as bleeding the crystals Mm -hmm. and eventually if they put all this hate into the crystals it turns them red a jedi or just anyone can come in and do the opposite and essentially take a crystal that has already been bled and kind of purify it with their own light side of the force energy. And then that changes their composition back to something else. And in Ahsoka's case, she did this to the two Kyber crystals in this sixth brothers dual saber, took them for herself, uh, purified them. And now they're white sabers. <laughs> That's badass. Yeah. That's sweet. She's a chosen one. Man. That's <laughs> it's just, really cool. You just knew she was destined for greatness at that moment. Mm. And then, uh, our friend also told us that when Ahsoka basically turned in her lightsabers and said, I'm done with this life. I don't believe in the Jedi Council because they weren't coming to save me. They were going to uh, basically leave me out to dry. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that Anakin, before, right before he turned, went back to her and was like, hey, like you can give up on the Jedi Council, but like these are yours. And like gives them back. I was like, all right, that's just so cool. Yeah, like, before Anakin became a dick. Yeah, literally <laughs> Darth Vader. Right before he <laughs> became Darth Vader. Like you had one of the last interactions. So it was pretty cool. I don't know. That's a cool last interaction. I love how there's just deep, deep lore behind what every color means. And there's a meme about it. And it's like basically every color means so much. 
and then it gets to Mace Windu, and there's this really deep lore about what well, he's purple because he's neutral, like he's a Jedi, but he's still like he's kind of believes in both things. And yeah. then it's like, no, like Samuel L. Jackson just loves purple. <laughs> yeah, he but just they, wanted a purple lightsaber. That's all he but, wanted. But they just came up with this awesome excuse about why <laughs> it was purple. It's a good cover up. Yeah, but the white the white sabers are sweet. So definitely- has pool. Could you imagine just walking onto set and being like, "Yeah, I'm only doing this movie if you give me a purple saber," and they just <laughs> actually just give it to you? Because why the hell yeah. not? And now it's That's- iconic. Yeah. yeah, it is iconic. Moving on, we get our opening titles, da-da, and then we have our first scene with Mando and Baby Yoda, and they are in the Razor Crest pulling up to the planet of Corvus, and Mando tells baby yoda really cute scene just tells him to get in the back and like get himself in his seat while they're landing and he he like cutely climbs up onto his seat um i I need i need i was just telling you guys before the podcast i like this episode really made me just want to just be able to pick up yoda and just you know look him in the eyes and just like tell him it's okay he was he was in full-on cute baby baby yoda cooing was out mode right now but anyway so he gets back in his little co-pilot's chair and then he starts using the force to unscrew the knob from you know the knob Mm -hmm. that he loves and then we move on the razor crest is touching down in the middle of the forest on corvus and mando tells baby yoda who still has the knob he kind of says bad baby yoda i told you this knob has to stay on the ship kind of looks around he sees these giant i thought they looked like chameleon looking things they were like i thought they were like beetles they look like just beetles with legs (laughs) they were the size of elephants though they were yeah they were huge they were just munching on some trees or whatever. So he sees them in the distance. It's like, there's not much to see here. Why don't we, why don't we head into town and try to get a lead on where, where this Ahsoka Tano might be. So that moves us right along. They walk through the forest and eventually get to the main city gates of Kaladin and Mando with baby Yoda hidden under his cloak talks to this, this kind of gunslinger. We saw him in the opening scene next to the magistrate, but this guy's name is Lang. And Lang is just there, kind of holding the door. He talks to Mando, confirms that he's a bounty gilder. He, at, or excuse me, a bounty hunter, asks if he's part of the guild. Mando says, last I checked, and is let into this town. And as Mando is walking through this town, you can immediately see that these people are impoverished. They're in rough condition. Like, nobody's talking to anybody. It just seems miserable in this town. Yeah, there was no, there was, everyone was just, there was no life at yeah. all in this town whatsoever and they have i mean the whole forest was burned to a crisp so i'm sure everything they had is just gone and everybody just looked terrified if yeah. he he eventually went up to a vendor to try to talk to him get information and the vendor just runs away immediately so yeah. they're definitely terrified and beaten down people he finds this other guy in the middle of an alleyway who we'll see him a couple times. His name is Wing, and he's there with his two kids. And Mando kind of says, hey, you, like, I need some information. I'm looking for someone. And the guy stops him, like, tells his kids to run away. And he says, listen, you can't be talking to us or anybody else. Right then, their interaction is cut short by two of the magistrate's mercenaries who are essentially telling Mando, hey, the magistrate wants to see you. Let's go. So Mando is escorted by these two mercenaries to the magistrate he's approaching kind of these inner gates and as so he's walking up. <laughs> as he's walking to these gates yeah do you want to describe what he sees like it was two people right but like three spots of these like it was they were just standing in this electrical ring basically there's three cages they almost yeah. look like 
there's three not much rings. Else to say. Yeah. They make you stand up straight and they're just electrified rings that surround you. So you can't move. You can only stand up and do a 180. And it looks absolutely miserable. If you move, you get electrocuted. This is the dark side of like Disney that I like to see. You know, like this is the stuff you would never see in the movies, really. Like it, this is just the graphic stuff. And this is, yeah, the you know, Empire this is real. Will- the empire were bad people and the movies like you said they couldn't like show the extent of it but they were bad people doing some bad things all throughout the galaxy that's why that's why it was so important that they were they were taken out and eventually they were let's go this really demonstrates it like in this scene and it was just i you know stuff like this always makes my stomach turn Anyway, Mando is escorted to the magistrate through these inner gates to her residence, I guess you would call it. And it looks way nicer than the rest of the town. There's a little koi pond and a bridge. And it looks like, you know, there's some shrubbery. It's the first time we're seeing all this. So she's living like she's living large while the other people are impoverished. The magistrate tells Mando the magistrate is just kind of hanging out there. She tells Mando to come forward and confirms that he's a Mandalorian. And then she offers Mando a proposition. She tells him, this Jedi is plaguing me and I want you to kill her. Mando's like, hey, you know, that's not an easy task and my price is really high. But the magistrate kind of insists and she says, well, he would be better equipped than you for this task. And Jedi are an ancient enemy of the Mandalore. So, you know, that's a win-win for you. And then she has her droid who the droid looked awesome by the way her little Mm -hmm. servant droid bring out a a staff which we find out is made of pure beskar and it's awesome mando checks it by clanging it against his own armor and it makes this like beautiful ring yeah this this was definitely the most amount of beskar we've seen someone offer him because if you even like just picture what the empire was offering him back then like Mm -hmm. that only was able to make you know one plate where this is yeah entire staff and you know who knows what mando is capable of with this thing so we can get into it later but this thing is definitely deadly that well that was the first thing i thought is okay well she eventually we find out says if you take out this jedi this staff is yours so i was thinking well what would he use it for because he already has full armor now so Mm -hmm. would you just keep it as a staff or would he melt it down and use it as yeah. a mouse. I, it seems like he's going to no, keep. It's definitely a staff. Well, as we find out, the staff is very helpful because that allows you to get into like a sword duel with a Jedi versus mm. a lightsaber. Is what I'm trying to get at. So that could be very important. Yeah, that was info. big info. This was a great. Yeah. Oh god. Also, that yeah. staff is just. <laughs> dope mando could always use a staff of pure beskar any beskar i'm just like give it to me he has the mando so he can use it exactly he has his sniper rifle he has his jetpack he'd have his beskar staff his best he's got the whistling birds too dude he's literally invincible at this point like besides like i'm sure i think so katana could beat him one-on-one but they had a nice scrap though as we'll see yeah they had a great we're getting getting a little uh, 10 out of 10 10 out of 10 (laughs) so he he clangs the staff against his armor and he's like oh damn this is beskar and then he asks where can i find this jedi which takes us to a cut of the gunslinger lang escorting mando out of the city gates back into the forest because obviously that's where ahsoka has been hanging out and lang kind of sees baby yoda under his <laughs> under his robes and he says well what do you carry that thing around with you and he says i carry it for luck and <laughs> lang responds with you're gonna need a lot of luck where you're going and mando just walks off into this forest i thought that was a really funny exchange it's ironic too in the sense that you know 
Baby Yoda has definitely saved his skin a lot of times. So maybe not a lot of times. Yeah. Maybe a couple. Against but... the Mudhorn, Mando would be dead if not for Baby Yoda. Exactly. So that one time is 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 more than but that's enough. luck. He's got some luck mm-hmm. on his side. So Mando starts walking through this forest, which, as we've already been over, is just completely burnt. And and he's looking for Ahsoka. And he says that they've arrived at the given coordinates. I guess the magistrate gave him coordinates to go to uh, precisely to find Ahsoka. And he just kind of sits Baby Yoda down on this rock, tells him to keep his eyes peeled. And he, he gets on his heat, heat scope and is looking around. And we see more of these these giant elephant-sized beetle chameleons in the <laughs> distance, just munching on trees. I wish Wikipedia had a page. They're just unspecified herbivores right now. And I prefer beetle elephants. So we're going to roll with that. I Yeah, the, the sweet beetle elephants. I was assuming that they usually must eat like the greenery and the leaves from the yeah. trees but because it's scorched they're like literally chopping so the branches true, off dude there are layers to this yeah, i'm telling you man. you think they're gonna go extinct it's probably like well, yeah it's probably even def- definitely dying right now it seems yeah. like it seems like they're hurting so so he does the 180 with the heat scope doesn't see anything puts it down and he says oh my you know, I think the coast is clear, but no sooner does he say that to baby Yoda. He is ambushed by Ahsoka Tano. Wait, Come real out. quick, real quick. Because earlier, it, when Ahsoka was first introduced, they also said, like, when the mercenaries were, like, communicating back and forth, they said, like, she she's not on the scanner anymore. Like, yeah. she, does she have, like, is she, like, cold-blooded or is she just, like, in, like, does she have that invisibility kind of thing? Like, what is going on here? Uh... Do we know? Nothing that I would know of would suggest that she's cold blooded or anything like that. She definitely can't. Mando couldn't because see her they, she, she came out of a tree above him. Because the people earlier had like like scanners to look for people like in that specific scenario, but like she was literally invisible to them. So I'm just curious. I don't know if the forest has something to do with nothing, that. Maybe nothing I would know would suggest that. Maybe she's just able to evade it for whatever reason. I don't know. I have no explanation for that. The forest one. could probably be tied to that. Yeah, I just thought it was a statement to her quickness. Yeah, but it could be her quick. Okay, okay, yeah, that could be. But that. you're, but you're right. I mean, she didn't leave any heat marks behind that Mando saw. But mm. like B Thompson was saying, she jumped down from up top and True. attacked him. And this scene was sweet because yeah. he used <laughs> his forearm armor to block a lightsaber. To catch the lightsaber. Yep. I believe so, they're known as Vam braces. The the wrist guards, Vam braces. Yeah. Oh yeah. So. That alone let us know that Beskar is, we already know how valuable it is. We already seen him withstand blasters, but this is insane now that he can even withstand a lightsaber. This immediately reminded me of Game of Thrones when Jon Snow for the first time swung his Valyrian steel Mm -hmm. against the White Walker and he just assumed it was going to disintegrate because everything else we've seen just cut or the white walkers weapons just cut through regular steel and they were yeah. just like holy shit this is stopping you i was getting <laughs> flashbacks to that when the best car worked to block a lightsaber it's very is no joke very in similar scene now i'm like wondering now that we're talking about it i'm wondering if the if the dark saber is as powerful as it is could that you think maybe destroy best car you think that could be mando's weakness i <laughs> That's a good call. I don't know. This is no, I'm just putting on the, it's this possible. tinfoil tinfoil hat here. I'm just thinking now because if you know the dark saber was created by Mandalorians to be like this ferocious weapon, like mm-hmm. to be able to destroy you know almost anything. So 
I think that'll be. I think that'll foreshadow some good uh, fighting between Moff Gideon and yeah. Mando. Well, that was one of the other things I was thinking. After You're so like, off topic. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I was thinking. <laughs> You're good. If he gets this Beskar staff, now he's gonna be able to take on Moff that Gideon. Could also, yeah, that yeah, could be that could withstand. But what if we get like an intense scene where Moff Gideon just like slices through the Beskar staff? I, I could see it like, like slowly a of weakness. Okay, so I want to kind of take us through the fight of Mando and Ahsoka. We were getting a little off track yeah, there. Way so off track. <laughs> immediately, like Paul says, is able to block the lightsaber strikes with his his forearm armor, the van braces, and and immediately whips out the flamethrower, creates some distance between them. That makes Ahsoka jump back. And then he gets gets her tied up with his fiber cord whips, but she just kind of like looks up at a tree branch, smiles at him, and then jumps straight up, does a flip, and kind of uses the branch as a pulley system to lift him up. And then they both get ready to strike again, but Mando doesn't let it continue. It's just like, Ahsoka Tano! I was Bo-Katan ups- sent me. <laughs> I was upset. I was upset to be honest. I wanted a little bit more action. Nah, Mando was-, was about to get his ass kicked, dude. No, Believe I know. It. It, was, it was already for that brief interaction. That was such a well choreographed fight, I mm-hmm. thought. And I just wanted a little bit more, but Mando's on her side. She doesn't yeah. know him, obviously, but you know, he was gonna end the fight. It was it was yeah. happening. She was probably thinking, wow, I'm not used to enemies lasting this long (laughs) it's like two swipes and it's over but brian you were saying she did that jump over the tree branch Mm -hmm. that you know pulled him upwards that was another example of like the force force yeah like the big force jumps that they used a decent amount in like phantom menace and the earlier movies the prequels but it was just really cool to see her being basically like a master of all of these it just brings another layer and like more elements to the forest you know it just brings the creativity out a little bit more she's she's pretty old at this at this point in time she would probably i would peg her be closer to the skill set of a jedi master than even just a regular jedi knight she's been she's a very she's wide, been around the block it seems like jedi she she's well into adulthood now so she she knows her shit so it's i imagine she's experienced a lot of wins and a lot of losses mm-hmm. already so she's definitely oh, yeah. and you can see it when she was talking to baby yoda um she's wise you know she is a very yeah. i think she would be in my mind i would consider her to be a master i would be surprised yeah. if she wasn't you know and if you guys watch the clone wars you would see that she's very experienced and battle hardened so mm. but Mando says, you know, Bo-Katan sent me, we need to talk. And Ahsoka kind of puts her blades down and says, well, I hope it's about him. And looks over at baby Yoda just chilling on the rock. And they both just kind of walk over to him. I need him. I need him. (laughs) And now we know that they're. I was just going to say, I think they actually made a baby Yoda on wheels I, so, that like you can follow it'll follow you if you like call to it so i saw that commercial and i was like yes. this is for a nine-year-old and i want it i saw that uh, commercial i was actually going to mention that but uh, yeah I dude saw it that probably have- said ages nine plus that means you can be as old as you want and still enjoy <laughs> yeah. that bad boy I would love to have i think baby. the price was jacked up to like 150 or something like that. <laughs> no way it was something people crazy are still expensive. buying it hell yeah supply yeah. and demand and there's a lot of demand for baby yoda this holiday season mm-hmm. moving right along we have this scene we kind of cut to this scene where ahsoka and baby yoda are sitting together really intensely just looking at each other it's a really cool scene there's 
there's like a moon right in the background. It's at nighttime. There's this this wasteland of a forest. It's just a really cool setting. But they're, they're maintaining eye contact. It almost looks like they're communicating. Baby Yoda's cooing, but it almost seems to be at her. And Ahsoka's responding with, with her facial expressions and looks and smiles at him. And Mando comes over and asks if Baby Yoda is speaking to her or if she's able to understand him. And she says, in a way, Grogu and I can understand each other's thoughts. And Mando's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Grogu? <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's his name. That's so we have crazy. a name for Baby Yoda. It is so it's, unfitting. I'm never, I don't think I'll ever refer to him as Grogu. So I, you're, you're downvoting the Grogu, Dave? I think I'm just going to keep calling him Baby okay. Yoda. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I like Grogu. I think I, we have to, I think we have to do it for the pod, but I just, nah, at first I was like, it could be way better, but it's so fine. the first thing I thought of immediately was all those American dad fans <laughs> out there. What? The little, the little homunculus Rogu. that Roger has. That one's Rogu. Rogu is, is Rogu. Yeah. So, like, maybe when they were deciding it, they were like, "Oh, Mando has a little, you know, same size homunculus following him around." Just threw a G in front of it and called him Grogu. Grogu. Yeah. I was like, it's perfect. I love yeah. it. Okay, when you put it like that, I think I'm a bigger fan of it because it did make me think of American Dad's uh, Rogers. Yeah. I guess kid. So we got Grogu and Rogu, not to be confused with Ragu, which is my favorite pasta <laughs> sauce brand. Yeah, right. That's just me. I'm not gonna I kind of like Rogu. I mean, it it kind of it kind of goes along with the Yoda. Like they're the same yeah, kind okay, of Okay, yeah, yeah. Rogu, yeah. it's consistent with with that type of name if you Yeah, I get I don't you. Know. No, I get two, you. Two syllables end in in like consonants yeah i get <laughs> yeah. no i get you i you get know. you it's it's it does fit it's easy it certainly helps my note taking baby yoda is yeah, kind of a handful sure. to write I just, down I, was, I started just doing by, BY. At some, yeah. yeah honestly yeah it's it's funny because we would say the foundling or the child mm-hmm. or baby yoda but now it's we actually have a name it's Perfect. weird and I saw one post say, and this was a really good point, because I don't think the community as a whole was satisfied with the name. Maybe it wasn't cute enough. They were going to be upset no matter what. I think what that's what it was. I think being. it wasn't cute enough. But one dude said, hey, name aside, can you imagine how relieving it must be for this creature to finally be addressed as its name instead of just, hey, kid, hey, child? He was like, this this being is clearly capable of like conscious thought and socializing with other people and nobody has been able to address him by his name he doesn't know when he's being talked to or at or asked a question and now he finally can and they were really quick to pin in on whenever someone says grogu like he attently looks over and looks at whoever's saying it like when mando says it adorable it was was, it was like when a puppy first recognizes his name (laughs) because mando said like grogu and as soon as he said it, like questioningly, he looks at him like, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> so cute. That's what I really I, enjoyed about this episode as well was how they find like Baby Yoda, who we know is 50 years old, at least. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, yeah, it's, it was cool to finally see that adult side of him because, you know, he should be, you know, capable of these things. But it's just, I guess, however, his species is just he can't speak these things. But, you know. Mm-hmm. I guess through the force or whatever it is, they can communicate. Yeah. 
So moving on, Ahsoka gives us a lot of backstory on Grogu. And if you guys will, I have the whole quote here. Mm-hmm. Ahsoka says, He was raised at the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. Many masters trained him over the years. At the end of the Clone War, when the Empire rose to power, he was hidden. Someone took him from the temple. Then his memory becomes dark. He seemed lost, alone. I've only known one other being like this, a wise Jedi master named Yoda. Can he still wield the Force? And then Mando says, you, you mean his powers, right? She says, the Force is what gives him his powers. It's an energy field created by all living things. To wield it takes a great deal of training and discipline. So that's was, a lot. Dude, this was like, <laughs> this This was what made this a 10 out of 10 for me, was this specific mm-hmm. scene right here. It was just getting yeah. so much backstory like about baby yoda like he's literally like in training like he's literally a jedi in training and he's he acts like a child <laughs> yeah you know yeah it was sweet it was so cool it was such like a weird little thing that i wasn't expecting i was like these yeah, two was- just met each other and all of a sudden she's telling us his name his backstory like he was trained on the jedi yeah. temple like coruscant <laughs> like that's so cool I just assumed he was just, like, kicking it for 50 years, you know, just, like, kind of lost as a baby, just didn't know where to go, and someone finally took him, and then, like, I didn't expect any of this, like you said, Paul, this was just a great twist to it all. I... I really like when they reference the events of the movies that we do know. So like in this, we know the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. We know the Clone Wars when they ended. That's that's kind of a time frame that we're familiar with. And that puts Baby Yoda or Grogu into the line of events that we are familiar with. So I like any attempt at this show to kind of merge the expanded universe and what's going on in or rather merge what's going on with the show to what has happened in the movies and i think they did a good job of it with this backstory and that goes back to what you said at the beginning of this episode making people want to go back and see this for the first time you know exactly right well the question is who do you think took him do you think it we'll definitely know? had to be the empire like it had yeah. to be like it had to be someone evil. oh you mean who took them from the jedi temple and like hid him right yeah 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 and protect okay, him. I, think well, the, that... I think i feel like the jedi had to have like Jedi that's what him. we're saying which jedi oh which him, jedi yeah Wasn't... well it's weird. that's definitely got to be uncovered is the specifics to this backstory because based on the information that ahsoka just gave us he was taken from the temple and then there's there's this dark space where we don't know anything and i would be really upset if this show did not fill in this hole or that <laughs> yeah. hole rather so i think we're gonna get that but anything now would just be wild speculation because there's thousands and thousands and thousands of jedis that could have possibly yeah. gotten him he has those although memories not, although not them. we could whittle it down to all the jedi that survived order 66 which would slim it down but mm. you know still a decent amount anyway there, go ahead it was, no, just, it was more ranting um, it was, um <laughs> go ahead bring this it is all, the episode man. to do it yeah, i mean this was it. there was going to be a lot to be talk about this episode when i used to play I think it came out in like 2006. It was like Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, the video game for Xbox. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Uh, there like there was Jedi in the Jedi Temple that like you would play as Anakin going through destroying the Jedi Temple, which was a sweet feeling. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> but there was like Jedi there that had names and had backstories. They were only in the mm. game. And that would be cool if they kind of became lore through one of these like interactions. That's all I could think about. It's possible. I mean, a lot of some of the stuff we've already seen has been already introduced in the video games, like the you know artificial Jedi, like the Force Jump. And with this show, they are taking a lot of the material that was formerly not canon and making it canon. Mm-hmm. So I think anything is up for grabs here, including the video game stuff. I have my fingers crossed that they're going to bring back Cal Kestis, who was the main mm-hmm. character from the most recent Jedi Fallen Order. And that would be perfect because the timelines arise. But we've talked about this before. <laughs> I'll just cross my fingers and wait silently in the background. But. Paul, to answer that, I think anything non-canon from the video games is up for grabs. If they want to bring it back, that's on them. But let's get through this scene here. Mando continues after we get this this Grogu backstory. Mando says that that Baby Yoda has kind of done things that he can't explain, and that Mando's task was just to bring him to a Jedi. And he's in his mind, he's completed that task. Ahsoka responds with the fact that the Jedi Order fell a long time ago, and Mando's like, well, so did the Empire, and they're still trying to kill him, so come on, Such a great point. (laughs) Baby Yoda needs your help. He's essentially saying, like, come on, I'm out of my league here. He needs you. You're a Jedi, not me. Mm -hmm. And And in in, in my mind, though, I'm thinking, like, you literally love this kid. Like, (laughs) you're just going to give him to this stranger? Well, obviously, it's a Jedi, but stranger and just never see him again? Like, is that how it's going to be? Yeah, but he knows it's for the best. We know he's conflicted. We know he, like, loves Baby Yoda, but he is still a bounty hunter. That's still a very real thing. If Baby Yoda wasn't part of the equation, he would just be killing people for a living. And And to go back to Bo-Katan when she was like, what do you know about the Jedi? And he was like, literally nothing. Like, I was going to ask you everything I knew. Like, he knows that Grogu needs to be trained and he knows that he knows nothing about how to train him. So a big, a big reason of, you know, Hey, please take this and train him because I don't want him to die. And Ahsoka ponders this conversation for a little bit, looks at baby Yoda, who is kind of dozing off while standing on the rock. And she says, let's, let's let him sleep and I can test him in the morning, see what he knows, which brings us to the following morning. We have Ahsoka, Amanda and Grogu at this training session. They find a nice little, you know, there's a little bit of green here. Maybe it wasn't touched by the fires, but it's this really nice setting. And Ahsoka sets Grogu on a rock. And, and she picks up the stone and uses the force to gently float it back over to Grogu. And then Ahsoka asks Grogu to return the stone. And Mando immediately says, you know, he's not going to understand you. But Ahsoka insists, you know, he does. He, he knows what I'm asking. And Ahsoka asks, asks again, you know, Grogu return the stone to me and it flips to Mando who actually gives him like a little head nod as if to say, yeah, you're okay, dude. She's cool. Do it. And Grogu responds by throwing the stone down on the ground, throwing a little hissy fit. And Ahsoka approaches Grogu and kind of like puts her hand on his head and says, I I sense much fear in you, which, you know, we hear that all the time when we're talking to Jedi. (laughs) And Ahsoka continues saying that he's hidden his abilities to survive over the years. And then she asks Mando to take her place and see if Grogu would respond to him. Mando jokingly suggests that that would be the first time he ever responded to him. And Ahsoka tells him, you know, I like firsts, good or bad. They're always memorable. Ahsoka's just so very like, 
carefree almost aloof like she always has this this nonchalant like smirk on her face i don't know were you guys getting that from her wise beyond her years man i feel like like you were saying she's just a master she just she's been around the block she's well experienced she knows what she's talking about she's seen everything at this point like she's she's seen the stubborn types you know all this stuff yeah Yeah, she's well versed like she's been around and she is getting to that philosophical jedi like (laughs) figure almost she did really seem like it which is crazy because i have seen a few episodes of like clone wars and she's like the student back then so it's it's weird to see her like have answers instead of asking all the answers Uh, and something else about this scene i mean it just made perfect sense when she said he's you know, hid his powers. He's basically taught himself to hide his powers to not get caught. And that's like, you know, an avatar, the last airbender when Katara uses her water bending. And then they're like, Hey, like, don't do that because they're going to find you and they're going to kill you. It makes perfect sense that why he only uses it around people that he trusts, which is Mando, big daddy Mando. So Ahsoka, Ahsoka has Mando take her place and try his luck with the stone. And Mando tries and gets, you know, he, he says, go ahead, kid, take the stone from me. And Ahsoka says, no, no, Grogu. no, it's Grogu, not the <laughs> yep. kid. Grogu, like get his name right. This is big. That's his name. And then he tries again using his name correctly, but Grogu still will not give him the stone. And Mando kind of frustrated, says, throws the stone aside and says, I told you he's sub- stubborn. But Ahsoka tells Mando to try and try and form like a connection with Grogu, like, like really try here. Mando thinks about it. And then he opens up his little pocket and takes out the knob from the lever on the razor crest and tells Grogu to take it from. Yep, that's gonna do the trick instantly. That'll do the trick, yeah, and and snaps it right into his hand. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty strong force pull, but Grogu gets the knob, and he was so hyped and excited, like he was. Yeah, it's his father, dude. (laughs) It's his dad watching your son grow up before your eyes. I know it's like like a it's like a dad watching his son like hit a home run. Like he was just so proud of him, dude. He went right up, said, "Good job, buddy!" Like I love that scene. Just our proud dad. It's so funny mm. seeing the tough, hard man down, just now a dad. Proud <laughs> So Ahsoka moves in and says, hey, Grogu, I, I think he's formed a strong attachment to you. And then she continues by saying, I cannot train him. His attachment to you makes him vulnerable to his fears, his anger. I've seen what such feelings can do to a fully trained Jedi Knight to the best of us. I will not start this child down that path better to let his abilities fade and this is referring to watching anakin turn to the dark side and become darth vader because Anakin was her trainer and she was his padawan and she more than most people probably bar obi-wan saw that transition Mm. or felt that more than anyone she saw all the good in him so i'm sorry her and obi-wan uh, they just they were the ones that saw how good anakin were Mm. was and how evil he's become just tough on the soul and to you know overcome just that alone is strength and we see it here with ahsoka yeah ahsoka. i said ahsoka like hunter x hunter ahsoka. <laughs> funny enough my roommate's watching uh hunter x hunter upstairs good shit His first time through he's gonna love it yeah we'll get some anime podcasts in mm. soon hopefully coming to you soon 
So Ahsoka then says that she is delayed too long and she must return to the village. Obviously, she had given the magistrate that one day ultimatum. And Mando informs her that, hey, the, the magistrate sent me to kill you, but but I didn't agree to anything. I'll help you with your problem if you see to it that Grogu is properly trained. So that's the deal we have in place, I guess. You know, they decide that Mando is going to help Ahsoka liberate this town in exchange for training Grogu. Seems like a fair trade. Seems good enough to me. So Mando, Ahsoka, and Grogu return to the village through the forest, and Mando is just filling Ahsoka in on what he saw of the magistrate's defenses. He says she has a small army of guards armed with A-350 blaster rifles, two HK-87 assassin droids, that's the awesome droid that we commented on earlier, and a hired gunfighter, he reads ex-military to me. Combined, not even your laser swords would be able to protect you from all that firepower. And Ahsoka, when he says that, Ahsoka seems to like smirk. And it's just like, bro, you don't know shit about what my laser swords can and can't protect me from. She was already planning on doing this alone from the beginning. And now she has someone. So it's just like, yeah, yeah, she was confident in herself to be able to do it by herself. So Ahsoka smirks and she says, true, but don't underestimate the magistrate herself either. Mando kind of starts to show interest in who this magistrate is, citing that, you know, she offered me a a Beskar staff. How How did she get that? Like, who is this bitch? And Ahsoka says her name is Morgan Elsbeth. During the Clone Wars, her people were massacred. She survived and let her anger fuel an industry which helped build the Imperial Starfleet. That's essentially all of their navy ships she plundered worlds destroying them in the process so this chick's kind of a big deal it seems like yep knew we were gonna get the backstory obviously mm-hmm. like I, she was gonna be i knew she was gonna be kind of like a brief villain whatever but yeah. it was cool to hear again from the clone wars like this is what i was talking about when she wasn't like you know directly in clone wars but she is a spawn of that series alone yeah and she has you know a good reason you know a good backstory to her for gives her a good reason of why she's doing what she's doing Mm. and so it gives her character it's cool honestly she is a really key character from the empire's perspective if she's the one that's supplying them with the ships is that what she so she fueled an industry which helped build the Imperial Starfleet. I think her industry might have just been funneling money or like raw materials into their construction or something like that. It didn't sound like she was just giving them the ships, but was definitely helping them in their construction. That's so, what it seemed like to me. Yeah. So honestly, she's a big reason of why the Empire's fleet is so large. So yeah. she uh she was a big character from that perspective. And we even get ahsoka saying you know don't underestimate her or something like yeah. that mm-hmm. it, during this conversation so yeah, yeah she's like a horrible person and she knew how to fuck <laughs> that was my first yeah. Impression. oh yeah so mando kind of looks at the charred remains of the force and says hey looks by the looks of it she's still in business ahsoka at Ahsoka Ahsoka asks Mando if he saw any prisoners in the city and he tells of the three that he saw in those electrocution cages which I still maintain is very fucked up outside of the magistrate's gate and Ahsoka insists that they must free them to which Mando says a Mandalorian and a Jedi they'll never see it coming and Ahsoka you know smiles again like I said this is actually very consistent with her character in the animated series she was 
Anakin's underling and learned from Anakin, who was always a little bit of a hothead, like funny, you know, didn't do things by the book. So the character in the live action has been consistent with that. She's like smiling, not taking anything too seriously, like doing things her own way. I love it. She transitioned so well into the live action. You guys have no idea. <laughs> I want to watch it now. I really do. Yeah, dude. Um, so B thumbs, why uh, were the Mandalorian basically raised to hate Jedi? As I understand it, the Jedi and the Mandalorians dislike each other because of the Mandalorian-Jedi War. That was a long, 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 long time ago, but it was this enormous series of fights between the Jedi and the Mandalorians that eventually resulted in leaving the majority of their home planet of Mandalore just scorched earth in these white-looking deserts, which I'm now recalling was a part of the Rebels animated series. We did get to see that. And a lot of their their kind of warrior tribes, I think they were known as, or warrior clans rather, were wiped out in these in these series of fights between the Jedi and the Mandalorian. So I think it's just an overall ill oh my gosh, an it's overall never, ill ill feeling of ill will towards each other. Yeah, just then. never got along. Mm-hmm, more or less. And there are some that are more sympathetic to the Jedi now, kind of anybody outside of the death watch that we that we heard earlier are more kind of pacifists and don't hold that much of a grudge against the jedi but there are some that cling to the old ways you know so i was going to say bo katan and you know ahsoka are you know boys well girls yeah, it's, a, it's a complicated past but yes they they are allies at this point in time but she led Mando to believe that people of his kind, the Death Watch, may not be that sympathetic to the Jedi, and that's the reason why, because they hold a little bit more harsh of a grudge uh, because of this war from back in the day, which, again, is understandable because, like I said, it left kind of their planet as the scorched earth of deserts. It, mm. it was kind of interesting, but that's the reason they're not too keen on each other, the Mandalorians and the Jedi. So going forward, we have, it's now nightfall, but we return to the front gates of Kaladin and we start off hot. Ahsoka is just charging right up to the front gates and she, she jumps up onto the battlements and takes out all the guards are there, but not before they're allowed to sound the alarm, which is just them hitting this giant bell with hammers. Like I said, she takes out all of these guards, but one of them, she lets go after disarming him and just gives him a smile and lets him run away, which I thought was pretty <laughs> funny. And then there's this awesome scene where she just slices the bell clean in half Ugh. and lets it topple onto the inside of the gate and then just like jumps down after it. It looked so cool. She just cleanly cl- sliced that oh, yeah. fucking bell. Just that huge bell, just nothing. So we saw it with the tree earlier. And I'm just thinking like mm-hmm. just the power, the power scaling at this point is just crazy. Yeah. So the magistrate and all of her mercenaries are assembling outside of the inner gates that are surrounding her own quarters, if you will. And all the citizens are just watching from their respective homes as this this standoff is going down. And as the magistrate and all of her troops are assembled, Ahsoka finally reveals herself on the other end of this this long main street, I guess you could call it. And I'm getting these classic Western standoff vibes of yep. just this, this gunslinger moseying into town and just taking on this corrupt... <laughs> 
governor, you know, leader faction the and mayor, corrupt liberating mayor. the people. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I was getting just Western vibes. 100%, and, especially when Mando later in the episode when he's literally in a like a shootout <laughs> with the yeah. other guy. Mm. Yeah, and this was sweet, too, because she's walking up, not saying a word. Mm-hmm. And she just tosses the bit of Beskar armor on the ground and says, you know, you, your Mandalorian failed. Like, I'm still here. So I, I believe it was the piece of armor that had the, the mud horn in it, right? Was it the, the shoulder? Yeah, I think it was his, like his special piece. Just a little so, bit. <laughs> yeah, so they now don't even expect Mando to be there. Yeah. Um, and it obviously came back later. But that was sweet because the, uh, the magistrate was probably like, well, shit. I mean, that was <laughs> supposed to be that was supposed to be my golden ticket. This is where Ahsoka says for the first time, tell me what I want to know. Where is your master? Once she says that, the magistrate instructs her men to kill Ahsoka and kind of a gunfight slash chase scene ins- ensues. Ahsoka jumps onto the rooftops and flees while Lang and the other mercenaries give chase to her and the magistrate tells Lang to take the uh, the two assassin droids with him. So we have this chase scene kind of developing here. Uh, the magistrate turns around to go back into the inner gates to return to her home, but instructs the remaining mercenaries to execute the these poor prisoners who are still in these electrocution cages. <laughs> she just says, kill them, like they're done <laughs> for. And at, before Mando appears, the dude Wing, who was just the citizen that we see from time to time, he was looking from his door and right when she said execute the prisoners, he dashes out of his doorway to try and intervene. He would have gotten completely murked but like mando Mm -hmm. came down but the series of events is he went in to help before he knew that mando was coming in to help so wing he's a real one trying to save homies oh yeah good guy yep she's a wing man (laughs) you better stop it over there paul my god (laughs) but mando flies down takes care of the mercenaries first and mando and wing help the prisoners out of their cages finally they had been there for like 24 hours at this point at least Mm. then we get a smash cut to the mercenaries chasing ahsoka through the alleyways and ahsoka easily picks them off picking them off like flies really just cutting down their numbers until eventually she runs into lang and they have this little scene wherein she jumps onto him cuts his blaster in half and then cuts down one of the assassin droids before she just continues advancing through the alleyways. But that leaves us Lang is still alive, but without a blaster and this assassin droid who Lang instructs to get up onto the rooftops. And then they all kind of move to this main street where Lang is confronted by Mando, who is still helping the citizens get into safety or what have you. And this is where we have this really cool standoff scene where Mando is between Lang and the inner gates. And behind Mando is Ahsoka just chilling on top of the wall. And they're both just staring at this guy, Lang. And Ahsoka's just like, all right, well, I'm a bounce. And she goes to take on the the magistrate. (laughs) And then we got this, this... the dork Lang just staring down Mando and please, that Wasn't is that no- is a bad looking motherfucker there in Mando just protecting the inner gates. Yeah, Lang's a nobody at this point in time. Mm-hmm. You just know Mando's going to uh, wipe the floor with. If this is when Lang is saying, you know, I basically I don't need to fight you because I don't think I'm going to win. So if that was your person who's fighting now my person. Let's just wait and let them, you know, fight it out and see who, you know, who see who wins. And then the yeah, other person will no just walk fighting. away. Yeah, yeah no they're hanging. 
it's a really cool scene because you can hear the clanging in the background of lightsaber against best car and you can tell there's a fight and he's just like yeah who knows who's gonna win but let's just let's just wait it out when he said that i was like dude i that's makes perfect sense and yeah i kind of like lang um, <laughs> he then, wasn't he... <laughs> not anymore we'll get to yeah. that so We'll, we'll flash to these scenes are happening simultaneously between Ahsoka and the magistrate Morgan Elsbeth and Lang and Mando. So Ahsoka and Morgan Elsbeth are within the inner gates and they're preparing for this duel and it pins Ahsoka's dual sabers against the magistrate's Beskar staff. And I thought she was going to get absolutely owned, but the magistrate kind of proves to be a worthy adversary for Ahsoka and she does they're... give credit where credit's mm-hmm. due. I mean, earlier yeah. she's like, don't underestimate the magistrate. Like she knows what she's doing, which we see it here clearly. Like she's going toe to toe with the Jedi. So <laughs> they're able to exchange like a couple blows with each other. And the magistrate even manages to disarm one of her sabers, which mm. puts Ahsoka at a one saber disadvantage. She only has her one blade left, but then she switches from like the regular grip mm-hmm. to uh, what would you call it? The reverse grip. Yeah. And then script. she just then she just takes control of the fight, which is an awesome callback to the Clone Wars. That was like her iconic fighting style. She was always reverse grip. So yeah, I remember cool that's what do this. It looked natural like that way, and I remember oh, yeah. seeing the pictures of her, and she was always holding it the reverse style grip. So it was cool to yeah see that homage to the the show. Mm-hmm. You gotta some, go ahead. You gotta know how to fight with one saber before you have to, or before you learn how to fight with two. So even though she lost one, like she was like, all right, I still got this. Yeah, and it was damn. so cool. Say it again for the people in the back. One <laughs> saber before you can take on two. My God. It was so <laughs> cool. So and and- I, I was I was sorry, last thing. Um, I was waiting for whatever she was feeding in the water to like earlier when Mando first got there. Oh, I was waiting yeah. for that to come back into play and it just never did. I thought it was gonna be another creature. I was gonna like reach up and grab. So that slag. would have been really yeah. cool, actually, if the fight drew on about, and there was like a that would have ahead. evened it out. That would have evened the playing mm-hmm. field maybe a little bit for the magistrate. Or Ahsoka just cuts the magistrate in half and <laughs> falls <laughs> and then like a giant thing comes out just and eats, eats her. Anyway, Ahsoka takes control of the fight after she loses a blade. And I thought she was able to cut the Beskar staff in half, but you guys said she just disarms her. Either way, and I think you guys are right because we see the staff completely intact later on. Either way, we hear it clang to the ground, and then we we cut back to Lang and Mando in, in the main street. And Lang says, hey, looks like your side won. I guess that's it. And he starts kind of laying down his blaster and then this chump tries to pull a fast one. Mando even like loosens his grip on his own holstered blaster. Lang, such a such a duck, dude. What what like, is this lame boy he, doing? Yeah, he literally w- was fine. Mando would have let him yeah. walk away because he was perfectly reasonable beforehand. And now he's like going to try to pull a fast one and pull a perfect shot because, as we know, Beskar you know, can just take a yeah. blaster hit and need to be perfect. Like right in between the armor slot. It's idiot. I was literally going to, I was yeah. literally going to make that be, comment. <laughs> name should be Wang, not like he's a giant <laughs> Wang. But I was going to make that comment. He would have had the hit between the armor, like perfect shot. And there was just no shot of that. This guy, I always had him pegged as a loser since the moment I saw <laughs> him just waiting on the magistrate's coattails. I was just like, Lang is a bum. Absolute yeah. jabroni, jag, a squidward, dude. He's a Just jag, a total loser. <laughs> anyway, moving on. 
Mando's quick draw McGraw on Lang, like blast him. He's donezo. And then we, we have Mando kind of like signaling for wing and his boys to come out from, you know, safety. It's safe in the streets again. And wings like, Oh my God, behind you. And this was just a really cool scene because Mando just does the 180 headshot on the assassin mm-hmm. droid on the rooftop. Oh, mm. slight what work. Slight it's work. it's, it's been a slight minute. Work. It's been a minute since we've seen, you know, how good and quick he actually is. So they need mm-hmm. to remind us. Mm-hmm. But not to forget about Ahsoka and the Magistrate, who are still finishing up their duel. We have Ahsoka with a lightsaber to the Magistrate's throat and says, now tell me, where is your master? Where is Grand Admiral Thrawn? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Boys, this we is- didn't even... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I mean, this is so obviously I had to look this up because I knew this person was a big deal. And mm-hmm. turns out he is the big bad in um, Rebels, right? I think that's yeah. what it was. He's the For big a bad. Lot of it, yeah. So I think we get introduced to our second big bad villain. Like, I wonder how he's going to tie in with Moff Gideon. Like, are they working for the same people? Are they two separate entities? Like what's going to go on here? Like there's just so many I questions mean, I have right off the bat. Maybe they're separate entities, but grand Admiral is definitely above the title of Moff. Moff yeah, for sure. Yeah, so this is just another God. villain. This is it. That's it. Yeah. And he is beloved in the star Wars extended universe. I actually have only watched star Wars rebels, but there is, Clone Wars, it's, you mean? You've it, only seen Clone Wars. Oh, I've seen Rebels, too. Oh, you, Clone Wars and Rebels, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, the right, animated right. series. But there is a, a book trilogy called the Thrawn Trilogy, which essentially chronicles events taking place in close proximity to Episode Six. It's kind of dealing with the remnants of the Empire exactly following the destruction of the Death Star, and Thrawn is the leader of the remaining Imperial forces. So he Mm -hmm. is a big bad, not to be trifled with. He's going to be some issues. He was a big problem in the Rebels animated series, and... Well, like I, I mentioned him in the series or the season preview as someone they could potentially bring back. I did not think we were going to get a name drop this soon. And the fact that this is where they are leading this series to go makes me just so, 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 so happy. And it's awesome because he is just another character that p- fans of the extended universe have been clamoring for more of in the canon universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll it, it'll be so cool to actually see him, um, and I'm hoping like Ahsoka, they make him look. I ha- I have the utmost utmost faith that they'll you know succeed do it, but yeah, the the transition to his like blue skin and red eyes going to live action, it'll be cool. They got to do that. Cool. He's supposed to have like piercing red eyes, like they glow and stuff, and like bright blue skin. Other than that, he just looks like a normal dude, but. Yeah, he's gonna look. He's gonna look really good. And I've already said how thrilled I am with how Ahsoka looks in in live action. So I'm sure they'll do us right. One thing I looked up though, it was just like his abilities and powers to see what he was of, and just I guess to let the people know who don't know who Thrawn is. Like I guess some of his abilities are that he's obviously very skilled when it comes to hand to hand combat, and of course he's a strategic, you know, mastermind. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's got a lot of tricks up his sleeve. So just to let the people know, that's he's. he's <laughs> That doesn't say a lot, but I mean, realistically, like the show does a lot more, you know, it does a better job of projecting him as this great villain. And I'm super yeah. hyped to get a big name drop like this in this episode. I just exactly what you said earlier again, just makes me want to go back and watch it. So. Yeah. And 
at least me personally, you two haven't seen Rebels yet, but fans of Rebels, I, I don't think they can bring Thrawn back into the fold without also addressing another fan favorite named Ezra Miller, who for you two was pretty much the protagonist of Rebels. He was, the whole story was kind of a coming of age of him coming of age into like a Jedi Knight and him and Thrawn mysteriously went missing towards the end of Rebels, and it kind of went unaddressed. And if they're bringing Thrawn back, then they're probably going to bring Ezra back. And if they're bringing Ezra back, then they're probably going to bring my Jedi from the video game, Cal Kestis, back, and it's going to be great. It's going <laughs> to be so my, great, guys. My dad, was actually, my dad was actually the... telling me about that, because he's seen both, and he was saying that uh, there was a Jedi at the end of Rebels who went, who basically vanished. Yeah. So that's another, like, maybe that's the, Ezra Miller, you said his name is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, this could be the Jedi that was on uh, Tyron, right? Or whatever, Tyron or whatever. This could be the guy. Titan, yeah. We'll Titan, get to that. Yeah, we'll yeah. get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, moving on, we get Ahsoka and Mando leaving Kaladin, and the people are celebrating their liberation, and our boy Wing is getting the new governor's robes. You know, he's donning those, so it seems like he's going to take over as the leader of they Kaladin. Actually, they actually call him Salad, because he'd be dressing. Oh they call God, him salad nowadays and we're calling dave lang because he's a loser now <laughs> he is just the jag of the group <laughs> what's up guys it's brian paul and lang producer lang yeah that's exactly right he goes um, by salad now salad <laughs> you yeah. go by salad you're the worst <laughs> so ahsoka gives mando the beskar staff as they're outside of the gates as like a parting gift stating that it was his that was his agreed upon payment with the magistrate so it should still belong to him mando initially refuses citing that it wasn't him that quote-unquote finished the job but ahsoka insists saying that you know this staff belongs with a mandalorian it's beskar it's best that it be with its people so he's so again, humble He's, so, He's humble. so humble and Ahsoka, <laughs> I love that she has an appreciation for the Mandalorian culture. Like mm-hmm. she doesn't care that it's valuable, is completely just like, dude, take the best car, it belongs with a Mandalorian. And he and, is humble. You're right. He, yeah. he's a great dude. He's he's literally a man of his word. His mm-hmm. word means everything to him. So he would never break it. That's why when the magistrate first asked him to kill Ahsoka, he never said, yes, I'll do it. Yeah. He just said, like, my price is high, and, like, where yeah. is she? And, like, he never said, I'll actually do it. So that's that is why, true, because if he says he yeah. does it, he has to follow through, according to his code. And mm-hmm. he told that to Ahsoka. He said, the magistrate sent me to kill you, but I didn't agree to anything. And you're completely mm-hmm. right. I'm, I'm thinking back, and now he didn't definitively say, yeah, I got you. He just said, where is this Jedi? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Our boy so, Mando. So yeah. great. And as we, as we advance through this conversation with Ahsoka and Mando, Ahsoka asks about baby Yoda, who Mando says, hey, he's back on the ship. Mando tells Ahsoka to wait while he goes to retrieve the child, who he assumes is now going with Ahsoka to be trained. Mm-hmm. So he Mando goes back to the Razor Crest. And he finds Grogu sleeping in the ship. And and he kind of has this father-son moment with Grogu where Grogu's sleeping and he just kind of picks him up and holds him as the screen fades to black and then a different scene. It was just a very, a very cute moment between father and son, if you will. Yep. But the next scene is Grogu now awake. Mando like picks him up and starts walking him outside of the crest as if to return to Kaladin. But Ahsoka is already here outside of the ship. 
And Ahsoka immediately says, you're, you're like a father to him. I, I cannot train him. And Mando responds with, you made me a promise and I held up my end. Like, what's the deal here? And then we have a long quote from Ahsoka where she says, there is one possibility. Go to the planet Tython. There you will find ancient ruins of a temple that has a strong connection to the Force. Place Grogu on the seeing stone at the top of the mountain. Then Grogu may choose his path. If he reaches out through the Force, there's a chance a Jedi may sense his presence and come searching for him. Then again, there aren't many Jedi left. Wait, is this the island where mm-hmm. Luke went to hide during the new... No, that is not actually. Okay. That, that is another one of like the ancient Jedi force sensitive yeah, and geographical when they, locations, but when no, they said, not the same like, one. Place him on the stone at the top. I thought that's where mm-hmm. Luke was when he, you know, was doing his like hologram thing. So Luke's was where they decided to put the first Jedi temple, but there's like a handful of like original Jedi temples that are also like very, very old. They actually explore this concept of the Jedi temples and rebels more. It's cool. I, I don't know. They're just really old things. There's they're the video sensitive. Games. Yeah. Exactly. Just and wanna keep, I, can... I just want to keep calling out the video games. <laughs> you love the video no, games. No, I just want to keep calling them out yeah. because I want to bring that lore. I, I hope they bring that lore yeah. into the into the series. The video games are notoriously very, very good. Like people love the Star Wars video games. And why the wouldn't they? One. The Star Wars universe is awesome. But yeah, these Jedi temples are just places. They're force sensitive. Like crazy shit can happen there, especially if Jedi's are interacting with them. So Mando has his next task. Uh Ahsoka was a swing and a miss, so now he has to take this poor Baby Yoda, or the artist formerly known as Baby Yoda, <laughs> now known as Grogu, uh, <laughs> to this to this new Jedi temple on another godforsaken planet. Our boy is just trying to get back to bounty hunting, and Mando, what else can he say? He thanks Ahsoka and leaves. At, Ahsoka leaves him with a may the force be with you, and they're both on their way. Sorry, Go we ahead. knew chapter 13 wasn't going to be the end of Mando and baby yoda as like as much as we were delivered to like this arrival and he finally mm-hmm. got here like it was too soon still they still got yeah. way more adventures to go on <laughs> i in the back of my mind i i didn't think they had the balls to do it but part of me was worried that this would be a conclusion of the journeys of mando and baby yoda and would've that we so would sad. have like baby yoda and ahsoka as like a recurring characters that kind of help mando through his journey but not and every episode Mando and Baby Yoda thing. Part of me thought they were gonna they were gonna rip that band-aid off, but I'm so glad they didn't. We still have Grogu and Mando going strong. Yeah. I was thinking the thinking the exact same thing. Uh during the middle of the episode, I had uh what what's it called? A fleeting thought. I was yeah. like, is this is this gonna be the end of Baby Yoda? And then I was like, no, this the stonks would go way down. Yeah. <laughs> the, stonks. The, the, the stonks would go way down, but I will say this. They even if you reduce the role of Baby Yoda in this show, you would still have a show. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like there no, still definitely. would be enough plot to work with to keep everybody as engaged as they are right and now. And personally, I I kind of hope it gets to that point. Like if the end of the Mandalorian is him like not being with Baby Yoda any or Grogu. I should I'm sorry. Grogu or anything. <laughs> yeah, he would be he would be pissed. <laughs> yeah. Like I could see him like resolving Grogu and then the show keep going. But at the same time, I fucking love Baby Yoda. So I want him in every episode. Yeah, yeah and maybe think, maybe that can happen around like season five or six. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. not now. <laughs> and I like how they gave him direction. I'm like, they have to both, you know, they gave him a 
both of them a purpose to keep traveling together. It's like, okay, you both go to this location. Yeah. Like, cause they emphasize it a lot. This episode, you know, Mando is his, like basically his dad at this point in time. Like the relationship they have is just like so strong. Like he might be, he has to be the one to raise him. You know, he might not be the one to, to show him how to use the force and all of his powers, but he's definitely going to be that role model that Mando, that baby Yoda is going to be looking up to. Yeah. He's like imprinted on him. Basically. Yeah. He's, he, this will be something, yeah. Mando will be a person, Baby Yoda. Grogu will never forget. <laughs> so what are we looking forward to going forward? We have his next mission is to take him to the Jedi Temple on the planet Tython. There's... Do we have any speculation of what's going to happen there? She essentially said your best bet is to take him there and let him reach out so that another Jedi can come and you know, respond to his mm-hmm. call. Is it going to be Ezra? Because that's what I hope. If they're just giving us all these fan favorite characters, why the hell not? Yeah, no, there's there's a laundry <laughs> list of things at this point in time now that I'm like looking forward to. It's just yeah. like, okay, now I want to see Thrawn. We still have to get through Moff Gideon, you know, like mm-hmm. baby Yoda's still got to grow up and, you know, maybe become a Jedi Knight himself, you know, like there's so many things now we have to look forward to. And I what, mean, uh, we've already got confirmation for like all these future seasons. So it's, I'm I'm in, you know. What are the chances that he goes there and Obi Wan is the one? <laughs> so Obi Wan's dead <laughs> at this point. In oh time. my he god! In a new hope. Yeah, I, yeah, I actually yeah. listened to the episode where you pitched. Will Boba Fett and Obi Wan have a have a reunion? And I was just like, wait, we're idiots. I'm an Obi-Wan's idiot. Obi Wan's totally <laughs> dead as shit. Sorry for oh that. My. We are smart enough to know that Obi Wan died a great many years ago. Maybe Paul isn't, but now he is. Oh my god! You are now learned on the podcast. I'm so stupid. No, no to keep going with your like B Tom's, you no, said it time, too. The like, timeline's really hard, honestly. Go ahead. You said it too, B Tom's. Like Ezra Miller, like more. <laughs> Je- I want to see more Jedi now. Like literally a laundry list of things I am looking forward to seeing right now. It's okay. And Dave, we already got yours, but out of ten, Paul, I feel like this is across <laughs> the board. This is this is the best episode of the series so far. I don't think anything else has been a ten out of ten. But going forward, for me, this is the golden standard for a ten out of ten episode. Yeah, I agree, one hundred percent. Yeah, oh. ten out of tens across the board. Love that. <laughs> Love to hear that. It was also, uh, I think, the highest rated. I forget what it was. It was definitely the highest rated Mandalorian episode yet. But it was also, I think, some other crazy thing like off debut like highest rated reviews ever or something like that well are we going to get it do you think that's because we got introduced to wing this episode and <laughs> the wing, wing because at the end you know ahsoka is just kind of there laughing and wing comes up and has a smirk and you know i think that's what everybody loved about this episode yeah people loved salad in a couple seasons mando is just going to need as much wood as they can possibly find and and salad will have <laughs> replenished the forests of corvus and will supply him with all this wood and there he will still be dressing yeah there you go. <laughs> always you, you ain't a salad if you're not green there you go <laughs> oh my gosh i am taking us out of this episode everybody keep an eye out for our continued coverage of the mandalorian all season long and check out our other series covering a bunch of different shows including the boys carnival row the hundred and many others right now our other hosts at Binge Town tv are covering carnival row it's very good check it out 
As always, if you like what you heard, give Finstown TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our show on Spotify and the Apple Podcast app. Once again, we are Bingetown TV, and thanks for listening. May the this force the be with you. No, we can say may the force be with you now. <laughs> Love it. <laughs>